Well, this is a somewhat sad day for me. Uh, not only are we losing Aaron for a few months, but the choir takes their much-deserved break. So, in my brief message time, I just want to lift up the, the value and the, the gift that ministry is to all our worship and to our, our lives. So, I invite you to take the opportunity to thank the choir for all they do. It's very easy to take for granted what music does for us. It's there for us each, each week. It's part of our makeup. But it's a critical part of our faith, and I wonder how often we think about that. Do you know that there's at least, in the Bible, 185 songs? Songs. And more if you include some of the fragments of songs that are located within it. They are remembered and they are incorporated into the narrative of the Bible. Now, if you're a Bible student, you probably know that 150 of them show up in the book of Psalms. There are about 150 Psalms. These were public and private prayers put to music that were part of the Israelites' worship from ancient times. It helped express their emotions with God, and it also helped remember the theology that was important and critical to them. Do you realize that Jesus quoted the Psalms 16 different times? In his teachings, 16 different times. At least 35 songs are outside the Psalms. We don't have time to recall all of them, but a few of them you probably might be familiar with. The songs of Moses and Miriam when they celebrated the people leaving Egypt, going into the wilderness. The song of Moses and Joshua just before the people of Israel entered the Promised Land. And it cemented their loyalty to the Mosaic Law. David was always singing. We believe he wrote a number of the psalms, but if you read 1 and 2 Samuel, you'll find that he breaks out in songs several times in those two books. And then King Solomon. He's credited, according to 1 Kings 4.32, with writing 1,005 songs. He's credited with writing the longest song in the Bible, which is called the book the Song of Songs, or the Song of Solomon. An epic love song between a man, a woman, a wedding, and a wedding night. And then, if you turn to the New Testament, we've been able to our form analysis to identify that at least these five scriptures were actually originated as songs. Hymns that were played in the early church and they recited and helped remember their faith. And if you read Matthew 26, 30, parallel passage in Mark 14, we realize that one of the last things Jesus did on this earth was sing that hymn with the disciples in the upper room before they exited and went to the Garden of Gethsemane. So clearly, music plays a key role in our faith. The words set to music help describe the mystery of God, they help us confess our humanness, and they celebrate the relationship made possible by God. There are times when the music, the tune, matters more than the words because they help express the emotions that words can barely touch. But what I want to celebrate today, the thought I want to leave with us, is to realize the power of music, even music in the church, with its ability to connect us with God, but also connect us with one another. Friday night I was downtown with Nancy seeing a play. And as we're 
walk into our car afterwards, I heard some music pouring out of some restaurant or, or club downtown, and it was that classic song written in 1969 by Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline. And as it happens, you can hear the, whatever group was hearing that song, when it came to the chorus, they chimed in. Hands, touching hands, reaching out, touching me. can have a simple power, maybe a little more subtle, but they not only connect us with one another, but they have the power to connect us with God if our hearts are open. This afternoon at the Root for All rally, Jeff has a singing hymn that's one of my favorites. It's Here I Am, Lord. Those words, they get to me every time we sing them. They remind me of my call to ministry. They remind me to renew that call every time I hear this song. Could you sing the chorus with me?
Does that lamp still burn in my father's house, which he kindled the night I went away? I turned once beneath the cedar boughs and marked it gleam with a golden ray. Did he think to light me home someday? Hungry here with the crunching swine, hungry harvest have I to reap. In a deep, or in a dream, I count my father's kind. I hear the tinkling bells of his sheep. I watch his lambs that browse and leap. There is plenty of bread at home. His servants have bread enough and to spare. The purple wine fat frosts with foam. Oil and spices make sweet the air, while I perish hungry and bare. Rich and blessed, those servants, rather than I who see not my father's face. I will arise and go to my father, fallen from sonship, beggared of grace. Grant me, Father, a servant's place.
Weary and weak, accept my weariness. Weary and weak and downcast in my soul, with hope growing less and less, and with the goal distant and dim, accept my sore distress. I thought to reach the goal so long ago. At outset of the race, I dreamed of rest, not knowing what now I know, of breathless haste, of long-drawn, straining effort across the waste. One only thing I knew, thy love of me. One only thing I know, thy sacred saying. Love of me, full and free, a craving flame of selfless love of me which burns in thee. How can I think of thee and yet grow chill? Of thee and yet grow cold and nigh to death. Re-energize my will, rebuild my faith. I will arise and run, thou giving me breath. I will arise, repenting and in pain. I will arise and smite upon my breast. And turn to thee again, thou choosest best. Lead me along the road thou makest plain. Lead me a little way and carry me. A little way and listen to my sighs. And store my tears with thee. And deign replies to feeble prayers. O Lord, I will arise.